This is the Find Your Forte podcast, Technique Tuesday. You have the passion. You have the education. Now it's time for the inspiration. Get ready to step up to the podium with purpose. This is the Find Your Forte podcast with choral director and lifestyle entrepreneur, Ryan Guth. Well, hey there, Choir Nation. This is Ryan Guth with the Find Your Forte podcast, bringing you another Technique Tuesday. And today I would like to speak with you a little bit about getting your students to practice at home. This is something that is so incredibly important when it comes to being a good choral director is being a motivador, somebody who motivates their children to go home and practice so that one, you, the choral director, can do less work in rehearsal on stupid things like notes and rhythms, and two, so that your kids take some ownership over the music so that they feel more proud of what they bring to the table. I've found that getting kids to practice at home is so, so, so key in making sure that the kids, like I said, take a little bit of ownership Uh, in what they do, but it also makes the ensemble more confident. Kids are very, 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 very self-conscious when it comes to learning notes uh, in class, right? If If they don't have the ability to learn the notes quickly because they're not good sight readers, then they tend to really hold back in class. And what that does, or I should say in rehearsal, And what that does to the choral director is it makes the choral director frustrated. And then, of course, the choral director comes down and says, well, why don't you give me any energy? Why don't you, you know, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And the problem is, is that it's just this big circular problem, right? There is a, there's a huge issue with a, a, you know, a choral director who comes, let's say it's almost very similar to a choral director who comes in unprepared. If a choral director comes in unprepared, then they're harboring insecurity about today's rehearsal, right? They're not prepared enough to do a good job. So, so when the choir doesn't do a good job, they get resentful and, and upset because they expect the choir to take on more responsibility. And when the choir doesn't, they get upset. On the other side of the coin, if the choir doesn't doesn't come prepared, then they feel insecure and they don't give enough energy, which also makes the director mad and frustrated uh, because they feel the choir isn't giving their all in rehearsal. So the ideal situation to have is one where the choral director is prepared and the choir is prepared. And at that point, and only that point, you can begin to make actual music and then get to that level that we all want to get to as a choral director, which is shaping and interpretation, all the woo-woo stuff, and the less technical things. You will never get to all those goodies if you're still teaching notes a week before the concert. That's just something that I, I, I have to get off my, my mind here. So let us move on now to some strategies to getting kids to practice at home. 
The first and most important step in making sure that kids practice at home or choristers practice at home is that you have resources available for them to be able to do that. I wouldn't expect that the amateur chorister or student choir member has the ability to play their part on piano. So you need to make sure that they have a resource. I would say number one is practice tracks. So this is number one, make resources available. Number one A, practice tracks. If you make some practice tracks at home and bring and post them onto your website, then you've given them a resource, right? There are some wonderful resources out there. We have Matthew Curtis with Choral Tracks, uh, who is a friend of mine. We also have um, some other people involved in that same space. There are publishers now that are making um, choral practice tracks available. A simple Google search will yield plenty of practice tracks for you. So chances are, if you're doing a piece that's relatively well-known, somebody has already gone through the pain of making practice tracks for their students, for their choral ensemble members, and you won't even have to. So one of the searches that I would do is the name of the piece and the voice part. So something like Ubi Caritas Yellow Soprano and just see what pops up. You will likely find a YouTube link that has some kind of practice track there. You may find that there is something embedded in somebody's website somewhere in a high school or a middle school or, or a community choral ensemble that's already posted it. But you, you're going to have to do some searching and some scavenging. So that is, that is number one. You could do the Google search for a practice track. You could also make them on, on your own. One of the simplest ways that you can do it is to turn on the metronome on your Yamaha Clavinova, that's what I did, uh, or turn on a metronome that you have and then open your cell phone up, go to the voice recorder and just start playing. Make sure you give the starting pitch, play the individual part from beginning to the end. It should take you no longer than the length of the piece. Even if you make a mistake, just apologize in the practice track go back, you know, and just go back and fix it. Like I used to make sure that my practice tracks were like a hundred percent perfect before I, 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 I sent them out. But uh, you know, by the time I was, I was done doing that, it was taking me an hour because I'm such a terrible piano player. So what I began doing was, was if I made a mistake, I'd say, Oh, sorry, let's go back to measure 33. Here you go. We'll start again in the middle of the track. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, but you're making a resource available to your students. That's the most important part. So a couple strategies, find one or, you know what, just make a rough practice track on your cell phone, you know, upload that MP3 to your teacher page on your school website or your community choir and uh, your community choir website or, or whatever and just just do it. Right. So you have to make the resources available. Hey, listen, here's another way to do it. I've had children do it. I've had my kids do it. I had I have amazing seventh and eighth grade uh, pianists that I would say, listen, you want you want to help out, make some practice tracks, and they would go home and and do it. My student accompanist would do them. You know, you don't have to do it. Delegate, please. Oh my gosh, delegate. Okay, 
Now, that's, that's number one, so make resources available. And step two, and this is really the only, the only two things that I feel like you need, step two would be to make sure that you are holding your students accountable. You have to give them a deadline that they need to know their music by. So one of the things I would say is if I've gone over it twice in rehearsal, it is now up for grabs for a hearing. Okay, you were saying, well, Ryan, I mean, I have 80 kids in my class. How am I going to give them a hearing? You, uh, you do random hearings. You should do random hearings and say, listen, every, every Friday we're going to have a hearing on anything that we've done. Right? Take the thought out of it. You want to make it a habit. Right, every Friday we're going to have a hearing on anything that's up for grabs at the time. So you've gone over it twice, it's now ready to go. The kids have the practice tracks, or the choir has the practice tracks, and they are they they have the resources available, they know what Friday is coming up, and without even thinking, they know that they have a hearing potentially. And you say, I'm gonna pick five or ten names off of my roster, and we're gonna have we're going to have a hearing. Now, can you do this in church choir? No, I do not think you should do it in church choir. Can you do it in an academic choir, middle school, high school, college? Of course you can. Absolutely you can because you are assigning a grade. Can you do it in your community choir? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think you should, but um, that's a whole, people sing for a whole different reason. But if you are grading your children or you're grading your choristers, then you should absolutely be setting up a regular hearing day. It only needs to take five or 10 minutes out of your class time, you know, where you do just random. It doesn't need to be every individual person. And what you say is this is going to go towards your group participation grade. So everybody starts off with a 100. If they never get called the entire semester for a hearing, then... They, they get an A, but there's a way around that, which is take the number of class periods you have that you're going to have hearings and uh, the number of students you have, divide that number of students by the number of class periods that you're going to see them, and that many people, that many people <clears throat> the answer is that, is that many people that you're going to have hearings for on any particular day. So uh, that everybody is heard at least once in a semester or marking period. So just to recap, this is very, very simple. Make resources available. Google, Google, Google. Look on YouTube. Look around. Somebody has already made the practice track for you. Or you could make them on your own, on your cell phone. Or if you're like really cool and you want to use GarageBand and all that sort of stuff, then more power to you. Or have a student do it. Show them how to do it. Everybody has a cell phone. You probably have a student who can play the piano more accurately than you can. So go ahead and do it and uh, delegate a little bit there and post it online. Very, very simple. And then the second is hold them accountable through some kind of assessment or hearing. And if you really, really, really want to take it to the next level, I'll give you even a three. Three would be have some type of regular communication with your choir members. Now, this is, diff- this is difficult 
with the rules in different school districts and things like that. One of the things I do in my private ensemble, uh, which is called Viridis, Viridis is my private high school ensemble that's totally private for profit, it's not affiliated with a school, is we use an application called GroupMe. And GroupMe allows uh, students to be a part of a group chat without being on a, a Facebook Messenger or something where, where we have a social profile attached. GroupMe uses the child's cell phone number and assigns them uh, a, a place in a group chat using their cell phone number. Um, they don't even have to provide you with their cell phone number even. Uh, if you just say, hey, um, I'm, we're going to go on GroupMe, you download the GroupMe app, everybody downloads the GroupMe app, and then um, I will invite one person via their cell phone number, and then they can invite their, you know, their friends in the choir to be a part of that chat. Then eventually, you have a way that you can direct notify your students of upcoming things, including hearings, as a way of reminding them. So, so number three is really just keep that communication line open. I use GroupMe. You could use email. You could use Google Classroom. Google Classroom is an exceptional way to do it. So just make sure that you have reminders. You have to unfortunately treat everybody in a in a school situation like no one's listening, right? Uh, so make sure that you're always reminding your students this is coming up. You have a hearing coming up. Uh, you have these things. And eventually what will happen is the individuals in the choir will start to um, bond more over the fact that they're, that they're having to go through these hearings together. They're going to be more proud of the music they make because they're prepared. The confidence level will go up. And they're, they're, you know, they might bomb a couple of those grades early on, but it's going to motivate them to succeed uh, more in your class, so you have to you have to hold them accountable. They have to practice at home. It's for everybody's good. It's for your mental health, uh, and it's for the the benefit of choral music in general. So, I hope you enjoyed today's Technique Tuesday, and I will catch you tomorrow for my interview with Angie Broker from the University of Saint Thomas. Have a wonderful, wonderful afternoon and evening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Find Your Forte with Ryan Guth. As always, join Ryan online at www.ryanguth.com for detailed show notes and discussions on every episode. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. Until next time, be amazing.